Thank you for tuning in to this week's message. For more information about Connections Church, you can go to connectionschurch.church or follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Well, how many of you can relate to that breakneck speed that uh, we just witnessed on the screens, huh? You kind of feel like you're living life like that a lot of the time, and that's a, that's a tough thing to do, and, 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 and it wears on us after a while, and we are literally uh, running ourselves ragged and going at a pace that is unsustainable for the long haul. Does that, does that make sense to you? And we're probably missing out on the really important things. Write this down if you're taking notes. Chasing the not-so-important things. You ever looked at it like that? I mean, a lot of us tend to get caught in that cycle, in that trap, and, and sometimes it's uh, not really uh, our fault, but yes, it is, and then it's kind of something we're not aware of, and it kind of slips up on us and, and, and all that kind of stuff before we even realize what's going on. Uh, we're starting a brand new study entitled Making Space today that's going to carry us through uh, the next several weeks of, of September. And, and the reality of it is we're wanting to see how we can make space in our daily lives this morning. And we're going to be looking at other areas of our lives in the coming weeks. But, but today we're talking about us, our personal life, our, our schedules, our, our time, and, and, and those things that we value and, and all that stuff that is so important. And, and God gave me something uh, at the start of the week for this, this morning, this, this statement, and it simply goes like this. Living the full life that Christ brings does not mean that your life is completely full to the max with stuff. Let me, let me say that again. Living the full life that Christ brings to us as his followers doesn't mean that we jam-pack our lives to the max full of stuff all the time. Does that make sense to you like it does to me? And yet, many times, we get caught up in that trap. You ever thought of it this way? How many of you are readers in here? You love to take a good book, and you love to open the pages and, and flip those pages and dog ear them when you, when you want to stop and, and take a break. But how many of you have ever noticed the margins on each page? You ever thought about the margin? And, and let me break it down like this. The reason I say that is because... Those margins are there for a reason. You know, that's the empty space all around the, the, the sentences and the paragraphs on each page. And it's the breaks in between each paragraph. And the reason why there are margins there, could you imagine a picture with me, if you would, a page that is completely crammed full of words, sentences, and paragraphs. I mean, from top to bottom, side to side, completely full. When you see that, and some people kind of write that way. I know I have a tendency to fill up every little space I can on a piece of paper full of chicken scratch as my mom used to call it and my wife now has picked up that that label but when you look at that it's exhausting to look at on a page when you try to think about man I, I've got to read all that that jumbled stuff there I don't I, it just makes me tired looking at that why because we need some margin any musicians in the house? Any of you play music or, or you sing? Any singers? Okay, we got some musicians. You need to be up here helping, guys. Come on. But if you, if you know music, if you read music, they always put within the music of any song something called a what? A rest. Where you stop and take a break. The reason why this is in writing and in music is because it, it applies to life also that rest is important. Margins, stopping points are valuable to us all in every kind of way. Now, the cry of so many over the past 20-something years has been, if I only had more... Wow, you've heard that before, huh? <laughs> Probably said it like I have. 
How many of you probably said that this past week? Just, just throw your hand up. You know what? Thinking about it, yeah. There was a couple situations. There were a couple days. There might have been almost every day where I thought to myself, and I even said it out loud, man, I wish I had a little bit more time. It's a great concept. It's, it's a great wish. And at some point in time, we've always, all of us have, have expressed that in some way or another. Now, how many of you would say, I would love to have a little bit more time, maybe for myself to rest some more or do some things that I enjoy? Any, any hands for that one? Or how many of you would say, if I had more time, that would be incredible. And, and, and if I had more time, I would love to do that and spend it with the people that I really love and care about. Any, any takers on that? that that's a noble gesture. Now, if you're sitting by someone that you love, you better raise your hand or you might get elbowed in the ribs if, if you don't. So that would be helpful right now. How many of you would say that you would love to have more time to spend and get this one? This is a good one with God. Okay, some of you need to repent right now. <laughs> Didn't even raise a hand with that. I mean, at least pretend just to kind of fool us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Pastor, that's a great. Yeah, I want to have more time with God. Well, we say that, but, but think about it this way. In reality, most of us we would say that we would love to have more time to invest with God in these other important places. But truth be known, if you actually gain more time, I'm saying, just, just imagine this. If God come down and said, you know what, I've, I've heard your prayer. I've heard your great request for more time. So here's what I'm going to do just for you. Boom, you get 25 hours in each day extra hour. I mean, think about that. If that would happen to you, how would that play out? Here's the thing. It's very unlikely that most of us would actually spend our time doing those important things. The reality is culture just has a way of overwhelming whatever margin we may have, albeit very little most of the time. I mean, if you just look at the last time you maybe had a day off, anybody even remember when you had a day off? And, and yeah, every day. Are you retired? Come on, don't rub it in, Ken. Man, okay, Ken, just go on out in the foyer, drink some coffee, and we'll be out in a little while. But think about that last time you maybe had a day off. The chances are pretty good that you didn't actually spend eight glorious hours in God's presence that day, right? <laughs> I mean, let's just be real. Chances are pretty good that what you did is you maybe ran some errands or you caught up on some chores you're behind on or you got ahead at work or you, or you maybe returned some emails that's been in your inbox for like uh, six, eight months or so. You know, you probably got caught up in doing some of that other stuff instead of doing these valuable things that we just kind of walked through. Why is that? Because something inside of us, and it's the culture that we live in, kind of squeezes us and is always saying, you've got to take care of this. You've got to do this. Or what about this? Don't forget that. That's important too. You must keep up with that. Now, chances are that there were many things that felt urgent to you that kind of overwhelmed what you say is truly important. It's just a, the way that life is many times. It's kind of like this. I don't know if any of you have ever driven a car. That the front wheels were out of alignment. You ever, you ever had that happen? I mean, you cruise along in your car, everything's going smooth, and you hit one of those notorious, deep, awful potholes, and the next thing you know, your car is like pulling to the right constantly. So what happens is, you find yourself, until you get to the alignment shop, fighting it to keep it where? In the middle, in the center, where you're supposed to be of your lane. So, so that from that point in time on, your car is just wanting to pull you over to the right side. And if you let it go, what happens? Whoops, you're off into the, to the ditch or the neighbor's yard or, you know, a building or something that you're not supposed to be into with your car. 
The culture we live in is similar to that. It's always pulling us away from the things of God and the things that matter most in life. And it's wanting to pull us towards things really that don't matter and, and, and aren't important and, and really in the, in the grand scheme of things are not going to benefit us for eternity. And yet there's still that pull constantly that we're always fighting against. So that's a, a tough thing. We are out of alignment by nature to God. By nature, we were born into sin because of our great, 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 great grandparents we talked about a couple of weeks ago. And the constant pull is always away from God and towards the culture that we live in. In reality, culture pulls us off center into a marginless, spaceless lifestyle and existence if we're not careful. I want to give you a working definition for what we're going to be talking about over the next several weeks about making space and having margin in our lives in the major areas. And that working definition is simply this. It's the amount available beyond what is necessary. Does that make sense? It's creating some empty space. It's creating some cushion. Creating some margin. If you had a family that required a house that had four bedrooms and you're going to build a house here's here's a great way to look at it and you think to yourself you know what we need four bedrooms but what if grandma comes to stay with us for a couple weeks what if grandma comes to stay with us for a couple weeks and it kind of lingers on past a couple of weeks and she decides hey i got it made here i just think i'll stay a little bit longer well you don't want her bunking with Junior in there who's picking his nose and getting up in the middle of the night and cooking eggs at midnight. Had that happen this week. Wake up out of a dead sleep Friday night, almost midnight, with my son, my 12-year-old son, who's never cooked anything, staring me in the face with a big smile. And when I open my, because you know, you just sit, somebody's there like, whew. I was like, whoa, what? Hey, Dad, I cooked some eggs. So we go downstairs and he has this bowl. I said, son, how many eggs do you cook? I think five. Five eggs at midnight, really? And he had a pile of bacon sitting beside it. I want to cook this too. Jesus, help me. Take the wheel. I don't know. So you need an extra bedroom because grandma's deciding she's going to move in. So what do you do? You think to yourself, you know what? Instead of having a house with four bedrooms, I'm going to go ahead and add a fifth one. I know it's going to cost me some money, but I want some margin. I want some space. And that's the way our schedules and our lives tend to be, man. We, we always just automatically want to take it to the max and not leave any cushion, not leave any room, not have an extra bedroom so we can have some space and flexibility. So we're going to get into that because, honestly, that's a dangerous, dangerous way to live. Margin would be having time to listen to our children and not working in our minds. Margin and space would be having time to be interrupted and be, and be glad about it. I'm so glad I could, I could be here to help you with that situation. Margin is having time to rest and relax and reflect. Margin and space is having a great amount of time with the people that you love. Not always fighting because we just can't seem to connect intimately. 
Church, space is having plenty of quality time with the creator and the sustainer of this universe, the one who breathed life into us, time with our great God. Margin, for most of us, is the very thing that we do not currently have at this moment, but we so desperately need. So how do we change that? How do we fix that? Because truth be told, we can be overloaded by activity. Just nonstop action and activity. Something always going on. How many times have you greeted someone in the last 10 years? And their first response to you when you ask, Hey, John, how's it going? Was not busy. <laughs> oh, man. Crazy busy. I mean, you can probably count them on your hand in the last 10 years of, of somebody you've run into and ask them how they're doing. And they didn't say they were out of control busy. So we've got to do something to fight for some margin. Activity and work can overload us. Information, choices, debt, change, worries, the pace of life, addictions can, can d- d- do away with our margin and leave us without any space. TV and screen time of any kind. Now, now hear me this morning. That definitely includes these little screens, right? Especially includes these because just about everything is done on these now. Just saw a poll recently that said the average American. How many of you are American in here? How many of you are average in here? Don't answer that way. You're above average. You're awesome people. Come on now. How many of you are above average? Let's change that. Okay, some of you still don't get it. I'm going to have to meet with you after church and kind of convince you. But the average American, which we're not, spends right now. Look me in the eyes for just a moment so you don't miss this. At least 28 hours a week in front of a screen. Well, Pastor, I work uh, on a computer, so I got it. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when work's over, or at your break, or at your lunch, or on the weekend when you're not at work, camped out in front of a screen, whether it be television, whether it be video games, whether it be Facebook and, and Snapchat and all that other crap chat and everything else. You're camped out in front of a screen. So if you took that 28 hours back, my goodness, that's more than an extra hour each day, right? I mean, I'm no math whiz, but I can figure that out. 28 divided by 7. I'm not going to try it right now, but you know what I'm talking about. So how do we get back to having some margin? Job. Job said in chapter 3, verse 26 of his book, and you may feel like this right now. I have no peace. I have no quiet. I have no rest. And trouble keeps coming. When I read that, I deduced that this man either had toddlers or teenagers at this moment when he wrote this. Anybody can relate? (laughs) No rest, no peace, no quiet, and trouble just keeps on coming. Help. Folks, margin and space is the the, the space between my load and my limits. And living with a margin, with a space, not using up all I have, but reserving some of my time, energy, and resources for rest and the unexpected is so wise. The Bible says in Exodus chapter 23, verse 12, that we have six days to do our work. But every seventh day, you must do what? Stop and rest. Do this so that you and your animals, your house, your, 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 your family, everybody may be refreshed. Boy, that sounds good, huh? You know what? We as Christians practice what? Today, Sunday as what? Our Sabbath. And that's the seventh day that we're supposed to whoop, stop and do what? Rest. But let me ask you this question. <laughs> And I'm asking it to me too. I'm not just pointing fingers at y'all. Y'all got to do better. Because I just got to be totally transparent with you. This thing here that I'm talking to you about today is probably one of the biggest things I struggle with personally as a human being. 
But today is Sunday. It's supposed to be as, as Christ. If you don't follow Christ yet, if you're, if you're not a Christian you know, in this room, man, we love you and we, we pray that you come to that decision. But guess what? You don't have to adhere to it because you're not adhering to anything else probably. But here's the reality. We as Christians say, yes, Lord, we want to follow your ways. Well, then one of the biggest things is he said, stop and rest on the Sabbath, on the seventh day. Let me ask you this question. Today, Sunday, the first Sunday in September, how many of you have things stacked up and packed up today that you've got to do as soon as you get out of this church building and you've got to just take off running and get this done and do that and go, go, go and do a little work and, and get this finished up and projects coming. Oh, I've got to go to Walmart and get my groceries for the week. You know how that goes, Pastor. I mean, that's just like a, a, a war zone over there. You've got to fight through the mask and the people going the wrong way and people telling you what to do and 30,000 people in there in one little tiny big building trying to get all their groceries, you know. So, it's a day of rest that God himself, even when he created it, heavens, earth, all of him, stopped on the what? Seventh day, and what did he do? He just rested. Did God need rest? Absolutely not. He's God. He doesn't run out of resources. He's limitless. However, he knew that we, his creation, would need rest, so he set the pattern. But we tend to go, 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 run, 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 instead of stopping and resting at least once a week. What a difference it makes. Let me just give you four quick benefits of living with space in our lives. Number one, a healthier mind. How many need some peace of mind right now? How many of you struggle with anxiety and worry and threatening, frustrated and all that stuff? Well, making space will give you a healthier, healthier mind. It will also give you a healthier body because it is a proven fact that if we go, 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 and just keep on going and going and going. At some point in time, this old body we live in is going to crash, right? Ulcers, heart issues, high blood pressure, on and on and on. It will give us a healthier body. It will also give us, and some of you need to write this down, healthier relationships. Turmoil, stress, all that stuff creates division amongst us and others that we supposedly are doing life with. This will help us have healthier, better, stronger relationships. And number four, also help us be more available for God to use in incredible ways. Pastor, I'd love to help out at church. I'd love to be in ministry. I'd love to volunteer on Sundays. Love to get involved more. Love to be here through the week. Love to do that. But if I could show you my calendar, man, you would weep and cry. And you would lay hands on me right there and pray for me right on the spot. There's nothing left. There's no room in the inn. I can't fit anything else in here. We're going to get to that in just a minute. We would be more available for God to use. Now let me give you six quick steps as we finish this time off that will help us be able to make space. Here, here's the thing about it. I don't want to waste your time, and I want you to waste my time. <laughs> You're like, oh gosh, what's it going to do? If you don't want it, then nothing I say from here on out is going to really help or matter or do anything with you. But hear me out. If you really get to a place where you say, you know what? I need that. I need some changes to take place because my load limit is to the max now. I feel like I'm about to spin off the track and derail and, and crash and burn. Or I realize that, you know what? I'm not as available for God to do some things in and through as I want to be. Or you know what? My mind is not healthy like it needs to be. I just worry and, and just have stress, just dominate. I just, or, or, or I'm, I'm breaking down. I, I don't know, but here's what I know. 
If you want help, help is available from God. Through the power of His Holy Spirit, when we embrace that and say, God, help me because I am desperate right now. When we acknowledge that we have an issue, then that's the biggest, first, most important step to seeing that change in our lives. And here's how it's going to happen. So grab on and hold on and go with me. Number one, we've got to understand and accept our human limitations. I know it's tough for some of us to, to even acknowledge, but we have human limitations that, that we deal with. The, the Bible says in Psalm 119, 96, I have learned that everything has limits. Job said in Job 14, 5, our time is limited and you, God, have given us only so many months to live and have set limits that we cannot go beyond. Listen, folks, our time here on this earth in these bodies is limited. Our energies, they are limited. Our strength, it is limited. All the physical earthly resources that we possess and have in us and through us, they are limited. Yet here's the tragedy of it, and don't miss this. We tend to focus so much of our attention and our effort into these temporary limited resources when the eternal is most worthy and most deserving for sure. So why do we do that? We get caught up in the culture. We get to buying the lie that the here and now is most important. All the things that this world lives for, that's what really counts. No, it's not. And no, it doesn't. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4.15, that's why we're not discouraged. No, even if outwardly we are wearing out. And believe you me, some of us with a little gray around the edges, we know how this is, is so true that we are wearing out in these bodies. But he goes on to give us the hope that we all possess in Christ Jesus. He says, but inwardly as Christians, we are being renewed each and every day. So the temporary is being done away with, but the eternal is growing and growing and growing into the person and the being that God created us to be. Does that make any sense to you like it does me? So why do we spend more time working on this than working on this? We are limited in this current humanity that we temporarily reside in. So we need to understand that when it comes to prioritizing and making space and not running until we crash the eternal is what matters most number two we've got to ask ourselves what drives me to overload my life now i i i'm going to tell you too this is this is a question that i have pondered for quite a number of years in my life why am i like i am you ever ask yourself that? You ever have those deep thoughts and conversations with yourself, or is it just me? Why am I like I am? What's, what's pushing me? I got some theories about my life. I won't go into them now and bore you with the details. But, but it's a worthy question. So I, I kind of jotted down a few major areas that people tend to struggle with for the financially driven because there are a lot of people it's just more, more, more. I, I've got to have money and things and possessions. I want, I want to build bigger barns and fill those up as the, 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 the story goes in the Bible that Jesus tells. I want to keep accumulating, acquiring more and more and more. And there are a lot of people that right now live that way. I don't want to just keep up with the Joneses, man. I want the Joneses jealous of me is what, what a lot of people have the mentality of. So I've got to have the best, the most, the greatest. So uh, I kind of figured it out for the financially driven. 
Some people are never satisfied with what they own and they never stop working to get more. They should ask themselves, why am I always working to have more? What a senseless and miserable life that is. Now, the, the, the neat thing is, I didn't say that. That's what Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 8. Listen, as we said before, it's okay to have money and things. How many of you know that's okay? But here's where the problem comes. When things and money have us. When they are our God and not God our God. Then we get in deep, deep trouble. Because we, we can gather up all the stuff this world. How the treasures and riches. Like the old preacher used to say. But here's what he also said. But I ain't never seen a hearse dragging a U-Haul behind it to take it with you. So all the stuff doesn't matter when, when the end comes on, on this part of life. But that's what the financially driven are all about. Listen, God has called us to be rivers that money and things flow into and flow through out to others. You can't outgive God. I've lived it. I believe it. I will stake my life, my next breath on it. God will give us more when we give it away and just give it away and be rivers he can flow through. We are not called or created to be reservoirs that hoard it all up and put a dam up and keep it all to ourselves and be greedy, stingy people. But that's the financially driven people. Now, the, the people that, that are pride-driven, what their challenge is, is they've got to be seen as a great person with many accomplishments. They crave the spotlight and the applause and the attention. And so they strive for more and more accolades and achievements. That's the pride person. Person that's driven by pride. You ever met any of those people? You ever struggle with that in your own life? That is a deadly, dangerous attribute that we need God to come and cut out of us. What about the people pleasers? That one came to me this week. It is a conditioning that took place early in life usually to make and keep someone happy by constantly doing more, trying to be better. I am always pushing to please them and those around me while losing myself in the process. What happens is their life just becomes consumed with making everybody else around them happy. I don't see that anywhere in Scripture. But it's, it's, a, it's a real challenge for a lot of people because that's the way they were conditioned growing up. Maybe it was an overbearing parent. Maybe it was a teacher. Maybe it was a guardian. Maybe I don't know. But somebody in their life had a big influence on them that their life was meant to be all about my life. You please me. You make me happy. And therefore they get caught in that trap. But what about the purpose driven person? They clearly understand that they live for a different cause. And that is to represent God's kingdom beautifully for such a time as this on planet earth. We understand that we live in and through Jesus Christ. We understand that his principles in our lives, the importance of making space and, and the Sabbath principle and getting good rest and being refreshed in him and loving him and loving others, that is the cause that we exist for. I'm telling you, so that we can be ready and able to pour out to others around us as we keep that continual refreshing flow coming in us and through us number three and this one's going to be a, a a little challenge but expect problems and delays hear what i'm saying 
Jesus even said it in John 16, 33. He said, in this world, you will have cupcakes. Oh, wait a minute. I misread that. You're going to have trouble. <laughs> That's what it says. Cupcakes are a whole lot better, right? Especially chocolate with, with buttercream icing and a little filling. Oh, I'm sorry. We're going to have trouble. Not you may have trouble or it's, it's a possibility. Chances are, you know, 50-50. Now, he just cut to the chase and said, count on it. You're going to face adversity. There are going to be challenges that come. Well, let me ask you this. When challenges come, and they do, and they will because he promised they would, how do we handle it? Now, now here's, here's the perspective I want us to get while I'm, I'm journeying through this little short segment. If we're maxed out, if we have no margin and no space left in our lives, in our schedule, in, in our stuff, then when those troubling times and challenges and adversity and all that stuff, when those things come at us, guess what's going to happen? How are we going to react? How are we going to respond? What, what's going to be the, the initial whoo, release? And can, I, can I just say that more than likely we're going to blow up on somebody? And if we don't blow up on somebody because we're too righteous, <laughs> Pastor, I would never. We're going to go get in our car, close our doors. Hey, brother, how you? There's no room left to take on anything else. We don't have space available because we are living to the max and a little bit beyond. So when trouble comes, and who said it was going to come? There's four of you tracking with me right now. I'm, I'm holding on to that. Four of us plus me know that Jesus said trouble will come. You will have trouble. Then guess what? If we've got some space... If we've got some margin when trouble comes, you know what's going to happen? Because you're getting squeezed is what's happening when the trouble hits. Literally. You can be having a zippity doo dah day. Everything's just hunky and dory and beautiful. The birds are saying, I mean, it's like you're in a Disney movie. Birds are singing and landing on your shoulder and all that stuff. And then all of a sudden, whoop, out of nowhere, here comes trouble. But if I've got some margin, if I've got some space, and I'm, I'm being squeezed all of a sudden, you know what's going to come out of me? You ever heard of this little thing called the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience. Took me a while to say it because I just kind of wanted to get the effect there. You know I can talk like an infomercial guy if I need to. So patience. Joy, peace, all those good things the Holy Spirit brings to us. So with that space, we don't just blow up on somebody. We're able to absorb the trouble. We're able to, to, to allow the Holy Spirit to help us navigate through that. Why? Because there's some space there. And we're not pushed to the limit and it just... I, I've told new parents for years, when you have one child and there's two of you, you feel pretty good about things. There's two of us and one of them, odds are in our favor. Because this is, this is not easy. But the dynamic and the math is that when that second child, if the second child comes along, 
and there's two of them and two of you, you are greatly outnumbered all of a sudden. And I've told them, because I want them to know, isn't it always good to deal with truth? I've told them, here is my philosophy on children. One of, one of several I have. I'll just give you this one now. They will push you right to the edge sometimes. And when they got you right to the edge, they'll give you that final shove. <laughs> because that's just the way they are. They'll just push you right over the cliff. And you look back as you're falling, they got a big smile on their face going, I'm going to make eggs. <laughs> Expect problems. There's going to be trouble. Spaceless people typically blow up on people when stressed and pressed. Be prepared. Number four, add buffer space in your schedule. Psalm 127 verse 2 tells us, It's senseless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, fearing you're going to starve to death, for God wants His loved ones to get their proper rest. Wow! That's in the Bible? You better believe it is. Check it out sometimes. It's good stuff. He wants us to get our proper rest. Now here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that we all just quit our jobs and, and get us a, a new sort of mattress, one of those kind that has all the positions and can go up and down and all that stuff and just rest from here on out. No, because the Bible also says if a man doesn't work when he's able to, then he shouldn't be eaten. Because work is important, but you can't let work be the only thing in your life. You can't drive yourself to the point from morning to night and halfway through the night, you're up working on last minute stuff on the computer and you fall asleep, get three hours of sleep. How are you going to be effective for your family? You push it too far. But we've got to work, but we've got to have everything. Here's a word that will just radically revolutionize your life. It's called balance. Try it sometime. I think you'll like it. We've got to be intentional with this. This doesn't happen on its own or naturally. We've got to fight for that balance. We've got to press and make sure we prioritize. Now, I'm going to tell you, start blocking some time on your calendar that nobody can touch. Time that you can spend, just to, if, even if it's 10 minutes a day, just start small. Just carve it, just write it into your, your schedule, your calendar, whatever you keep. Just write in there, I'm going to take 10 minutes at such that. Now you're saying, I, know, I, I can hear the wheels turning now. Pastor, that's, that's easier said than done. You're doggone right it is. But the important things are worth fighting for. Take that 10 minutes and say, you know what, God, I'm just going to sit here and think about how good you are. I'm just going to take that 10 minutes and I'm going to lock the kids in a closet. No, don't do that. I'm just kidding. You, I, I'm going to lock myself in a closet. I'm going to hide away, get 10 minutes alone. I don't want to talk to my wife or husband at that point in time. I don't want to talk to my coworkers. I'm going to find 10 minutes this week to say, okay, God, it's me and you. You might just sit there and not say a word. And just zone out for 10 minutes. Don't touch that screen, that phone, that computer, that tablet, that remote. Just be. The Bible says, be still and know that I am God. Just take 10 minutes and just be still. Fight for that. Because I know, like I said, some of you are thinking, Pastor, I, I, I can't squeeze out 10 minutes. Then guess what? Number five, prune some activities regularly. Any gardeners in here, you know what pruning is? With a plant, with a tree, with a bush, you cut off some dead branches. You cut off some things that don't need to be, be there for the purpose of making room for 
new growth, new life, new things. Prune some things. Cut some things out. I mean, the Bible actually tells us to do that in, in a number of different places. Ecclesiastes 3.6 tells us there's a time to keep things and a time to throw things away. How many of you are not pack rats and you throw everything away that's not nailed down? Okay, my wife and you would get along great. Hebrews 12.1 says we should remove from our lives anything that would get in the way and the sin that so easily holds us back. 1 Corinthians 6.12, Paul said everything's permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Joshua 7.13, we read some of you are keeping things God commanded you to destroy. You will never defeat your enemies until you throw away all those things. Cut them out. Get rid of them. And you're saying, man, that sounds painful for some of those things. You don't go right, it can be painful. Because that's what pruning is. It's a cutting away. It's literally taking the shears and cutting, removing it, and getting rid of it. Hey, whenever you've tried to have a new lifestyle change, and a lot of people call it a diet, you know, it's kind of tough to make those adjustments. Why? Because I'm going to tell you why. It is painful to cut out Krispy Kreme and replace it with kale. Just hurts. I mean, it just kind of breaks your heart. Those delicious, hot light on, melt in your mouth. And I just got to say, any of you had the chocolate glaze that they make one time a month? I mean, I live for that, that day each month. I'm like, when is it? When is it going to be? And all of a sudden, it'll just pop up. We got chocolate glaze today. And I'm like, I'm gone. It's painful to cut out those things that we have become familiar with and we have grown to love and enjoy and replace them with something new. But I'm telling you, folks, there is nothing like cutting out the things of this world that do not belong in our lives. There's nothing like cutting out the dead stuff that, that's just dragging us down and, and weighing us down. There's nothing like removing that stuff and seeing new life in Christ and new things grow. Some of you have talked about for years, man, I would love to step out of ministry. I'd love to go on a mission trip. I'd love to start a Bible study. I'd love to, to go out and help children in the community. I would love to be this, that, or the other for God and represent the kingdom of God. But you've never made one step towards it and cutting something out so that you can create some time and some space to add those things pruning is never easy but when we do it for the kingdom of God it is always profitable what needs to be cut and removed from our lives and lastly today walk with Jesus and learn from him I'm not a great teacher. I've been called to preach, share the word of God, and I do all I can because it's a high honor. But you want to learn, as they always say, go to the best. And I'm going to tell you, Jesus is the ultimate teacher. And here's what I want to share with you that he himself said. In Matthew chapter 11, beginning in verse 28. And here's what I want to ask you to do. I don't want there to be any visual distraction when I read this. I just want you to focus on the words of the master teacher. As he instructs us about all this that we've walked through in the last 30 minutes. So would you do me a favor and just close your eyes for a moment. And listen to his words out of Matthew 11. Are you tired? Are you worn out? 
He asked, are you burned out? Then come to me, he says. Get away with me and you will recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me and watch how I do it. Like a master teaching a young apprentice. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Then he tells us, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you will learn to live freely and live lightly. Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 30, out of the message. With your eyes closed just another moment, let me just ask this question. question doesn't that sound incredible? Come and learn from me and find your rest and let me show you how life is really supposed to be lived. With your eyes closed for just a moment, how many of you would just honestly say, you know what, Pastor, I, I really struggle with this in my own life too. I, I'm, I'm raising my hand up high because I'm one of those that, that loves to go and be productive and get it done. And I will push myself and I will drive myself and I will go, go, go. And I always think in my mind, I can, I can handle that. I can take that on. Yeah, yeah, bring it here. I'll take care. Yeah, we'll get it done. I don't know why, but I've always been like that. And I have to stop myself and say, you know what? It's okay to say no sometime. I need to get up. I love waking up and grabbing my, my word and, and reading and, and praying. And, and that's... That's something I fought for and established. And I do it at usually five between 5.45 and 6.15. I know some of you are earlier, some of you are a little later. But I'm telling you, folks, it is a struggle for me to not push it from morning to night. It's a struggle for me to keep space and, and not fill up every little area completely. And I ask you right now before we pray and worship and leave in just a few minutes how about you in this room have you struggled in this area your margins disappeared and are you pushed to the max and there's things need to be changed and removed and pruned and cut out what what's going on with you if you would just honestly say pastor you know what i, I need some help in this today would you pray for me in this in this time would you just raise your hand and say that's my life yes sir yes yes ma'am yes ma'am yes yes Yes, yes. Anybody else? Just raise your hand. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. How many of you would say, you know what, Pastor? You talked about people who, who follow Christ and people who haven't. I, I've never made that decision for sure in my life to surrender to Jesus Christ and take his great salvation in my life. But I, I choose that now. Would you just raise your hand if you're in this room or maybe you're watching us today and, and that's your decision. Let us know, please. But if you need Jesus to come in and change your life, would you just let me know? Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Thank you over there. Thank you. Anybody else? Yes, thank you. Maybe you're here and there's some other things going on in your life that, that I haven't put a call out for, but you're just saying right now, Pastor, would you remember me? I've got some things happening in, in my life, in my family, and in, in whatever it may be, my, my work. I just need a breakthrough today. Would you write, yes, ma'am. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, thank you. So many folks. Here, here's what I want to ask. Worship team's going to lead us in a song in just a moment, but there are so many of you that raised your hand. I, I just want to pray with you personally down here at the front of this church in a, a powerful time of just loving each other and calling out to God 
for each other. So would you join me down here? Because I really want you to pray for me too. Because again, this is one of my biggest struggles is just overloading my life and, and really fighting for that time to keep space and margin. So would those of you that raise your hands, just come and stand with me right now. And let's pray together this morning as we finish our time together. Would you come now? It's okay. Make that step. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you. Come on. Yes, it's, it's, it's your time. Come on. Come on. Thank you. Thank you. I really feel that there's a number of folks that you battle stress and worry quite a bit. And it kind of consumes you and it's a constant fight and you, you just want to be free. You want to really trust Jesus, put it in his hands and leave it there. So maybe if, if that's your situation, would you just come now? And man, there's a lot of folks that are responding right now to prayer, to ministry. And here's what I want to ask. There's a lot of you that are still in your seats. I want everybody to stand up. And if you haven't opened your eyes yet as you're standing, go ahead and do that. I don't want you to fall over. And I want you to see some of these men and women, young people that are in front of this church. I just want you to come. I almost run to them. God, God just directs you to one person. Would you just come to them right now and stand behind them? And, and in a way, you're standing with them to support them in this time of ministry and prayer and breakthrough in their lives. I want you to do that now. I want everyone to have somebody, at least one person, with them behind them. So, so would you move now? Don't don't hesitate we've got some people here that still need a few people I know there's a lot of people up here and that's amazing but we need you to come and stand I need some more ladies to come on this side I need some more men to come over here I've got a, a young man that, that needs somebody standing with him right over here so I, I need you to come I need you to respond don't wait don't think somebody else is going to do it when God's calling you to do it so come on get yourself down here like we say in the south and let's do business with God Lord we thank you for loving us we thank you for giving us the reminders we need when we need them. We thank you for calling us on the carpet and saying, hey, here's some things that, that I can help you with. I love you. I want to see your life flourish. I want to see the, the fullness of my spirit in you and through you in amazing ways. So here are some things that need to be changed, and I will change those. I will help. I'll cut those things out. I'll get rid of them. Father, whatever it may be, there's some people here that are saying yes to Jesus today. I open my heart and my life and I surrender to you, God. I give you everything I am and I cry out to you and thank you for forgiving me and setting me free today and changing me from the inside out for you coming and making my heart your home, my life your throne, God. Thank you for that today, God. We honor you and bless you today and we call upon you for help in all these areas, God. And I just sense in this room and outside of it, there's some people dealing with stress and worry. And God, it's easy to do for all of us. We can all get caught up in that because of the tough things we deal with. Because of, like you said, that trouble that will come can sometimes overwhelm us, God. And just kind of capture us in those moments. But right now, God, I speak peace just as you spoke to that storm. Peace be still. Let our minds and our hearts be peaceful, God, from the Holy Spirit. Let our hearts be guarded from the Holy Spirit with peace and joy and trust, God. And I know there's some people that struggle with trust that have been abused and misused and hurt through the years by putting their trust in somebody. But I know without a doubt, God, that when we put our trust in you, you have promised to never let us down. You will not break that trust. You will not hurt us. You will not harm us, God. So I speak peace right now to your people, both inside this room and those that may be watching right now. Your peace that passes all understanding and guards our hearts and our minds. I speak space right now in Jesus' name to be created in our schedules, in our lives, 
space, God, that you can come and dwell in richly and powerfully. Space that you can work in and through, God. That you can use us as never before, God. Let us be bold enough to cut out those things that do not matter. That we will no longer camp out in front of screens, wasting our lives, numblessly scrolling and looking and being God. But from now on, we will understand the day and time we live in, the urgency of the hour, and how you are calling us as your people to rise up in the power of Jesus Christ and go out and change the world as those first disciples did in the book of Acts, God. Create that space. Create that hunger. Fill us with you. More of you. More of you right now. In the name of Jesus, I see young people, God right now in this room being raised up as ambassadors i see adults right now that you're flipping their lives upside down for the great kingdom of god they'll never be the same god change is coming right now because of you coming and meeting with us right here personally thank you father i see families lord glowing for you rising up being those lighthouses in this dark day that we live in because of evil seeming to abound God but we call forth a righteous remnant to rise up God in the power of the Holy Spirit and shine brightly in our world I see that now I believe that now God I thank you for it Father I trust you for all these things and all these precious people that made their way to the front of this church and everybody who's still at their seats but right now they're crying out for you God, move powerfully. Change us from the inside out. Would you just call out to him right now with your own words, with your own voice? Would you just speak up and say, God, come and do this in my life. I thank you, Lord, today for changing this in me, God. I confess this. I call out to you right now, God. I use my voice. Lord, I use my sound, God. I speak up, Lord. I need you, God. I want you, God. I give you all that I am right now, Jesus. Thank you for loving me. And thank you, God, for calling me to this. Let's worship him today, church. Sing it out with all your heart. Thank you for tuning into this week's message. For more information about Connections Church, you can go to connectionschurch.church or follow us on Facebook and Instagram.